Hello, and thank you for joining this episode of This Is Just a Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Just a few quick reminders before we get started with this episode. Uh, For anybody who's interested, they can head over to This Is Just a Phase on Facebook for episodes featured, as well as additional information such as tour dates by bands being featured, amongst many other things. If Facebook isn't your thing, you can head over to my Instagram at jonathan.kent.311 for a lot of those same information, just on a different platform. Also, do yourself a favor and head over to thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com and check out new releases by Letters and Gatlin. That being said, Jay, take us away. And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With the vision to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day wake up with the same old Valentine's Day night with a sick Zach Buzzkill might not seem like such a great idea, but you would be absolutely wrong. Zach and I have a wonderful conversation discussing the Radio Buzzkill's long-awaited brand new release, Get Even, out now on Pro Rock Records. We chat about the new album, as well as some stories about several of the songs featured, the unique present Jenny got him, lyrics being therapeutic for mental health reasons, the long delay for the release, and lots and lots of Zach's unique humor. So sit back and ride the wave with this episode of This Is Just A Phase. The first song I want to play for you is actually the lead-off track off of Get Even, entitled I Want My Records Back.
up your phone If I broke in while you sleep Would you show the cops on me? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, dude? Can you hear me? You sound fantastic as always. Oh, you're too kind. You're welcome. I know you got a little bit of a med head, so. I do. I'm really messed. I'm, what do they call it? Robo-tripping. Robo-tripping. Yes, I, I'm full on robo-tripping. <laughs> I'm laying in bed like, which is sexy, but. Yeah, I, that's really I'm, sexy. I'm laying in bed under like. <laughs> A whole bunch of covers, and I'm still freezing cold, so that can't be good. Uh, but uh, I don't have the COVID. I, I at least I don't think so, because I already had my run in with that. This seems to be just a, uh, you know, run of the mill cold. So yeah. I'm hoping it only lasts a couple days. But uh, you know, normally you get me at like seventy percent when I do your show. Yeah. Um and today I'm down to like 65. 65. So not 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 that much difference. Yeah, exactly. I never give it my all, let's be honest. <laughs> well, Zach, thanks so much for wanting to come back on the podcast, man. You're welcome. Uh this is one of my favorite ones to do for sure. No, oh, thank you very much. You're too kind, man. <laughs> it's a lot different from doing the sex advice podcast i just did recently you just did a sex advice podcast yeah because like uh trying to promote this new record get even you know it came out today so if you're listening to this you can it's on all the streaming formats and you can buy the cd and all that stuff you know uh which you know is good because you know uh you know i have kids we've talked about kids before Mm -hmm. um you know, being a, a musician, think, you know, times aren't always great. Um, sometimes you, you really struggle, and my kids need some new Fortnite skins. So, oh, yeah. So you um, got to get that money. Yeah. Yeah. You, I got to get that money. There's some new Fortnite skins, and just, you know, times are tough. And my older son, when he comes over, he's got my youngest uh, um, these levels so he can get like the Spider Man. The Spider-Man skin, because my youngest is a huge Spider-Man fan. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, now it's actually showing that we're recording. Okay, sounds good. Okay, good. We always end up having an issue when we record together. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's all good, man. I'm just happy to talk to you, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, In the meantime, we were waiting to connect. It sounds like there's a an illegal dog fighting ring that opened up in my backyard or something. I don't know what's going on out there. Some crazy shit going on in St. Louis. <clears throat> Some crazy dog fight. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Michael Vick came to town. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Oh, too soon. Really? It's been like 10 years. <laughs> oh yeah. I guess you're right. 10 <laughs> years is long enough. Yeah. There's a statue of limitation on when, when, when we're allowed to make fun of certain things. Yeah, I want to be rich enough to where I'm so rich that I'm still like, you know, I'm just going to do dog fighting, too. <laughs> just just get a bunch of bulldogs and just have them in the backyard fighting. Yeah, I like non-vicious dogs fight. <laughs> like Cocker you know, like Spaniels. <laughs> real docile ones and <laughs> corner that market. Yeah, like, 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 uh, like. I don't know what's a what's a very docile dog, uh, a Pomeranian. Yeah, like some of them can get mean, but uh, yeah, you know those kind of dogs. Yeah, the the very the little little cute little 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 nice dogs that don't really yeah, make a noise. Yeah, I don't know a lot of Filipino guys, but got to find like a bunch of Filipino guys like throwing money around. You know, <laughs> this is how it always is in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather playing craps <laughs> yeah yeah it's always it's like why is it always filipino guys and no matter where the movie takes place it could take place in like detroit and when they go to the underground fighting thing it's just full of filipino guys it's like it's like the suburbs of like austin texas and there's a bunch of filipinos no my my brother-in-law is filipino i'm making a note to ask him about this <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you have like a, you have the inside scoop, man. Yeah, I, I can find this one out. I think. <laughs> well, the next time you come on, you can fill me in. Yeah, I'll see what he says. <laughs> he seems like he might have it together. He might, he might. He'll probably just give me like a, a real serious talk about like stereotypes and things. <laughs> and then you get like all bummed out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably. It's probably you know, like the right thing for him to do, but uh, I but, just don't understand where do they get all those Filipino guys. I don't know, man. I, I think I think they get them like in casting. Like they're like, hey, we need Filipino guys to be to to run a to run a dog fighting ring, and they're like, there's like a group of like fifteen that's always on call. Yeah, that's their living. Yeah, that's how they do. They do like little like parts, like you know, five minute like sections and movies, and like that's how they live, man. And they're always in the movies. They're always waving their money around in the air, and that doesn't seem smart to me. I don't know. No, because you go in the wrong neighborhood. We're taking that money. Yeah, like wherever there's dog fighting rings. <laughs> I'm going in there, be like, I'm taking all your money because you know I'm tall and I can just like reach and grab their money. You know, just take all their money and then peace out. I think all the sickest illegal fighting probably takes place at the top of like Trump Tower. (laughs) There's a bunch of guys like all in suits, you know, and they're like drinking champagne. I don't even know what would be fighting, but they're watching, you know, like, I don't know, they sound weird. They're probably watching like a scorpion fight a black widow or something they're like, watching toddlers fight and shit <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
toddlers. <laughs> they come talk. One toddler comes in with like nunchucks, and the other one comes out like with like you know like a katana blade, and they just start going at it. <laughs> I've been trying to pitch a TV show for years called Kids with Knives. <laughs> I don't have a plot for it, but it would just be a bunch of kids walking around, like running around with knives and doing gymnastics with knives and stuff. Do you think True TV might get on that? You know, everyone's so starved for content. I feel like anyone can get a show on. I I, I feel like Peacock or Netflix might get on that. I think, yeah, I'm going to go to Netflix first. Yeah, Peacock's Peacock's a good number, too. Plus, Peacock is in their title. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Netflix and you say, like, okay, guys, look, I have an idea. So imagine kids, okay? You get some kids, right? Everyone loves kids mm-hmm. and they're doing gymnastics, but, you know, oh, they got knives, all of them. <laughs> I think it's a winner. And they'll be like, so do you have a plot? And you're just like, no, it's just kids with knives. Yeah, this is just a treatment. You know, <laughs> they'll hire the writers and stuff. Yeah, they'll get like people like, like writers from like Saturday Night Live to get on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm just spitballing. But then I'll say, I only want the writers from Murder She Wrote. Oh. But See. it's still just kids and with knives doing gymnastics, so it'd be like but it'll be like a like it'll be written like a drama, but it's just kids with knives. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like it, man. You you should, you should start writing the 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 treatment for that yeah i just want to write the treatments i don't have the patience to do the whole shows like been watching the peacemaker by chance oh i i haven't started watching i don't have the channel that it's on or the oh, streaming God. thing that's on peacemaker is so good i want to see it so bad oh it is, it is it is so good it's made a john cena fan out of me you know, we just got Disney Plus, and like, I'm not sure if I should approach my wife about getting HBO Max because I feel like she'd like stare at me, and then I'd be in trouble, and then I'd be like, "Oh, never mind." Yeah, and I then think it would the just only be awkward. I think the only one that we watch Netflix is the only one I actually pay for, but I have all the streaming services. Mm-hmm. It's just through different relatives' passwords. Oh, well, yeah, that's how you do it, man. Be like, like, oh, Hulu's not working. I got to text Uncle Jim. (laughs) Yeah, did you hear they were trying to crack down on that? Yeah, I mean, they probably should, but until they do, I'm living the high life. They're raising the prices. They're not trying to. They're not worrying about me and you. Oh, no, nobody worries about us. No, we kind of go. We kind of fall under the cracks. Yeah, yeah, they don't. The way they, I like it. Go ahead. No, I said the way I like it. <laughs> in exactly. the cracks. In the cracks. <laughs> no matter what kind of cracks it is.
Well, you, well, I, I wanted to talk to you about the new record because you came on back in September, and you, we were we were talking about the new record, and then it never came out. What happened? Yeah, it was, it was a whole weird process. Um, that's where uh, I don't even I don't want to exaggerate, but essentially we had a date for like the record to get pressed. And then, you know, the record label, Pro Rock Records and Kenny, who have been great, absolutely great to us all the time. Uh, Nothing. Well, I could say a lot of bad stuff about them, but they would laugh, you know. Oh, yeah. But but really, there's nothing I can say bad about those guys, except Kenny has a weird obsession with K-pop. But yeah, uh, they would just get a notice that says, Oh, your order was supposed to be like pressed this day. It's been bumped. And then, you know, you'd wait to get close. To, uh, it's been bumped. And really just what happened is uh, major labels came in and started pressing all kinds of stuff. There was like the whole article on Adele, like mm-hmm. the Adele pre- record. They pressed like 250,000 copies of whatever she's doing. And mm-hmm. just like pushed a lot of the little guys out of the way because these major labels are they'll just pay whatever you know yeah like like uh pro rock gets a quote you know and they're shopping around for quotes to find the best place and then the major labels are like we'll just give you a million dollars to to press this prince greatest hits uh... so what happened to us and to a lot of other bands is it it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back uh... so eventually we just said we're just going to release it on cd and then when the vinyl thing calms down then it'll be out on vinyl but there's a lot of smaller bands or independent labels kind of in our situation where yeah well, like you just said, like nobody gives a shit about us. <laughs> no, yeah, no. you know, like Paul McCartney needs his fifth shitty solo record pressed, <laughs> and we need to have that. And so they would just pay an exorbitant fee for that, and then bump, you know, one of your favorite bands. So we just decided to, after a lot of that, that we would just do it on CD, and we um, we tried to make it a little special. We offered like you could buy the regular cd for 10 bucks but i think part of the thing with buying a vinyl record is people like having the big art with the record and mm-hmm. um so we actually gave a, a pre-copy of the out uh, the new album get even to this artist and we just told her listen to this and then uh freaking paint whatever you want we gave her no direction whatsoever we just gave her the record and said you paint what you want to paint and nice so she ended up sending us it's somehow it doesn't have anything to do with the record but it's also absolutely perfect like dead on uh it's like this really sexy pinup model she's laying on a pool table holding a skull and there's Mm-hmm. it's just it's like just ended up perfect it's, it's exactly what i envisioned so we had another bundle where someone could buy the cd and then get an art print of that mm-hmm. to, ju- to try to give people something a little more special since you can't have it on vinyl and 
really that was the story behind it. It just kept getting bumped and bumped and bumped until we're finally like, oh, well, let's just release it because we're already, you know, like I have like a bunch of other songs written, ready to go, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. To release an album and the songs to you are already like really old. Mm-hmm. Well, with everything going on too, with the pandemic and everything, you were already probably, because it's been a few years since you put out your last record. So it's, you know, what you're going to keep writing. And then when a pandemic's involved too, like what else do you have to fucking do? You know, yeah, but it, write more, you know what I mean? And then and this one was a real journey because we had, I think I, I, I write the songs for the band, except although Jenny wrote um, one of the songs on the record, the first one song she's ever written, she sings it and it's great. But uh, kind of before the pandemic had this record written and then when suddenly we had all this extra time, we just went back to the drawing board, replaced a bunch of those songs with new ones. So the process itself took a really long time mm-hmm. just because we had it, which, you know, was a blessing and a curse in some ways. But I think the album, I'm really proud of it. I think it turned out really well. I think and, it's, uh, I think it's your best record, dude. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think so too. I it's think really down. It's I, I listened to it a few times because you gave me a sneak peek, even though I, I did I did order the uh order the C D. I'm just waiting for it to come in. Um, but you get you know, you sent me the, the, the songs and I'm just like I put it on and I'm just like, God damn, every song is a banger. Every song is exactly what I wanted to fucking hear from you guys. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that. I think um, uh, our attitude going into it was to to take the song and then try to make each and every one have some special quality to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where sometimes you record an album and you know, like, oh, we have this one and this one and this one. Let's put a lot of extra time into those. With this one, we really wanted to do that, but almost on a song by song basis, since we had the time to do it. So. Um, it gave us the flexibility. There's a bunch of different guest vocals on it. So some of those like harmonies you hear, there's all kinds of people all over that record, friends of ours and, um, even some mortal enemies, you know, both. Yeah. You got to keep it. You got to keep it even like that. But, uh, I, I really appreciate the kind words. I'm very proud of the record. I, I think it's our best one too. Uh, you're you're welcome i i just think like you mentioned the harmonies i just right off the jump it's like they just come through and it's just so your voice is very you have a very snarky um snotty voice when you sing and the harmonies just cut through it to where it's just the the back and forth is just so like intense and it just like makes the songs even so much more catchier, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think Jenny's voice does a really good job of softening up whatever I have going on. <laughs> yeah, you, you just you just like uh, having uh, known you for a while, like it's it's your character. It's it, it's your snotty. I don't give a fuck. This is how it is. I'm gonna push boundaries. I'm gonna push your you know, I'm going to push you in, in the songs you write. 
that, that in the songs that you've written over the years, you always you always push those topics that might make some people a little bit uncomfortable. But that's your thing. But having the balance of Jimmy or or uh, Jenny or whoever is on the track, it, it just it works really good in tandem together. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. That's kind of the the formula we've been working on. Some of those tracks too have a ridiculous amount of harmony on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's they really like do. some where there's like six or seven layers. I had the opportunity, which is something I don't usually get to do, to sing in a little bit of like my prettier singing voice. Mm-hmm. So like occasionally on harmonies, they'll be like me harmonizing with me, and then like three or four tracks of Jenny and then a track of like a friend of ours or someone who came in and uh, we just really tried to make those harmonies super special because uh, without that, it's just another punk rock record within. We've heard those before, you know, there's a lot of people who do a very good job of that, but I think we want to do something special and something a little different and for better or worse. Some people like it, and I've been lucky for that. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know, not to blow, not to blow smoke up your ass, but you know, having got to know you and considerably and, and consider you a, a, a good friend, um, your band is one of my favorite pop punk bands out right now. I, I just nobody sounds like you. Yeah, the the music may sound the sound sound like similar to what else is out there. But you guys, there's nobody else that sounds like you. You guys do what you guys do, and you guys do it your way. And it's it's hard to do that, especially now, especially when pop punk has existed for, what, you know, 40 years, you know, 40-plus years. And, yeah, I think it's really important just uh, – and I've talked – I had a conversation with you about this before off the air that mm-hmm. uh, it's really – important for any songwriter when you sit down to write a song or write an arrangement that you're not you're not doing it for anyone but yourself yeah like if you sit down and you say i'm gonna try to write a song that sounds like this and i hope you know people that like this sound will like it then uh, i think the listener picks up on that It, it comes across as not very genuine or maybe a little soulless. So I think hopefully, you know, I, I sit down and I write a song and I, I try to put in a lot of different things and I never, you know, basically I, I've been lucky people like it, but if they didn't fuck it because it was going to be mine, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you- and I think that's the general attitude with, the band as a whole is like we're gonna do this crazy kind of like over the top just almost obnoxious shit to the pop punk genre and do our own thing i i've just been really lucky and really thankful that people seem to like it Mm -hmm. because if they didn't i'd still be doing it (laughs) exactly you have to you have to you have to like what you're doing more than anybody else liking it. Like you have to sit there and go, "Yeah, I'm proud of these songs. These because you know you wrote them. You know from scratch. You know you you put in all those hours. You put in all that time. You have to like the songs more than anybody else. 
because when you play them live, like if you don't like your own songs and why even fucking bother? You know what I mean? And I think writing should be some form of catharsis for, for, so I can imagine writing a song and just not getting anything out of it Mm -hmm. Um, from like a mental health standpoint, even. Uh, And even the stuff that we write, that may seem on the surface is like really stupid. A lot of times to me, it's kind of like a tongue in cheek exploration of uh, how can I make people think about some weird shit that I think about? Yeah. And um, I, I just think it's really important. If, if you write a song <coughs> or you're in a band and you're making music that you're, you're doing it for yourself. Otherwise it just, it comes off as fake. Yeah. And I, and I don't want people to try to be something that they're not just to just to make people want to buy your stuff. I mean, I, I, I don't understand. I, I, I believe like you should be true to yourself and it's no different than green day. Hey, if green day is happy with the stuff they put out recently, who the fuck am I to judge? I may not care for it, but as long as they're happy with what they're doing, then it, that's just the point. So, like, if you're happy with what you're doing, then do what you want to do. Fuck it. Who am I to fucking say what you're doing is not good as long as it's genuine? Yeah, it's like, what if Salt and Peppa would have said, like, I don't think people are going to, like, push it. So yeah. We're just not going to release it. The Where whole world the- would probably be different. I bet the world would have ended before now. Yeah, like, that song changed everything. It really did. I it was, think it, in, it it helped in the Cold War because people were like, we just got to push it. And mm-hmm. it's not even enough just to push it because you, you got to push it real good. He thought he'd find a way to cure on insanity. Put it like speaking each other. Get your phone and stop goodbye. Was this a miracle or a modern spectacle? Sometimes it's there.
got the most amazing gift from Jenny today. Just to tell you the type of person I am. Uh, she bought me this goblet. Yes. It's like an ornate goblet that looks like something a king would drink out of. That has a giant white wolf head on it. Nice. And she bought it for me. And she was like, oh, I knew you thought you'd think this is cool. Like, you can use it as a display or something. And I was like, I'm only drinking from this cup from now on. (laughs) This is the only cup. I I wish you could see it, but just imagine me as a a wolf king. (laughs) Send send me a picture later. I will. Yeah. (laughs) It's a wolf goblet. I'm like, yeah, she knows me pretty well because... I immediately saw that and said, this is the only cup I will ever drink from again. You should take it to shows and just like put like a little stand like next to the mic and then just between songs, just grab the grab the goblet and just bring it and take drinks. Even if it's just water, just bring it up and let people know like how how better you are than they are. Yeah, I think what has to happen is maybe like uh a little Filipino boy. He <laughs> was the fucking Filipinos, in, man. He's in like a, a white suit and a tie. And he has the goblet on a pillow or something. And he wipes it before I drink from it and then hands it to me. And then I drink and then hand it back and he wipes it. And then he just leaves off the stage in his little suit. But it's never acknowledged. <laughs> it's like nobody you know it just happens like at several points throughout the show but and no one ever acknowledges it so people in the audience are like was that, was that, a, was that a fucking philip is he drinking from a goblet you should do that yeah that's a good bit i like it yeah like you, you need to you need to amp the the amp up the stage show yeah yeah, if you're not gonna do fireworks and bring out, then have the Filipino boy bring out your bring out your chalice, my your wolf, goblet, my wolf goblet, your wolf goblet. <laughs> well, you and were mentioning you, you could tell that she knew that I would like it, but I don't well, think she knew how much it is really like a part of me. <laughs> like, like I feel like this wolf goblet. And I have always been meant to be together. Did, did you name him? I have not yet. I, it might. I won't force it. You let it come I'm out just, naturally. I'm talking like I'm outside and I see a neighbor. I'm going out with the wolf goblet. Like, well, obviously, I, everything's happening with the wolf goblet. It has to tell kids to get off your yard while, hold, while holding the goblet. Yeah, I'll have a cape on, too. Well, yeah, naturally. That makes sense. Of course. Yeah, everywhere you go, you have to have a cape on. <laughs> as long as you pop the collar. Pop the collar, man. Well, I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about like you were saying earlier about some of the songs being very like therapeutic. And even if people weren't in on what you were trying to say, like you, you wanted to be able to write those songs. There was a couple that kind of, you said that, and there was a couple that kind of stuck out to me that are like that. Um, 
King of Jerks, and then came Thorzine. Yeah. Um, so, King of Jerks is almost, uh, it's it's one of those fun ones where you get to kind of like make up a story mm-hmm. based on emotion. Yeah. So the story is kind of this like guy who's fucked up and uh, he he's ruined a relationship or he's done something bad. So now he's just sitting on his couch alone all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think everyone's been in a situation like that where, yeah. you, <laughs> where you're like, oh, yeah. oh my God, I have fucked up so royally and now I'm I the title I gave him was the king of jerks. Like now I'm the king of assholes and I mm-hmm. know it. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here and my asshole throne is my couch. Mm-hmm. And um then came Thorzine. The whole idea behind that was to write this musical about the history of the lobotomy. Mm-hmm. And um that was actually like a major, like tongue in cheek way to make fun of punk rock in general. Yeah, which, I which felt like why... there was something underlining for that song. <laughs> yeah, would so like how many punk rock bands have songs about lobotomies, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's just a standard thing. Like you're gonna write a song, so and so has a lobotomy. So, um, like a lot of get even is supposed to be these like wink, wink, nod, nod. If you're in on the joke, then you know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought it'd be funny. Like, what if the Radio Buzzkill's lobotomy song was actually about the history of the lobotomy delivered in a, the format of a pop punk musical? Mm-hmm. And so I, it actually talks about the, the story of Walter J. Freeman, who had no scientific evidence, but would just stick an ice pick behind two people's eyes and hammer. And, uh, you know, we sing about these lobotomies, but it's kind of fucked up. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I that one was a really fun one to write. And then just being able to touch, like, uh, on part of that song, if you listen to it, there's, like, uh, a beautiful, like, harmonic chorus of different drug names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, I've been prescribed someone who's mentally ill so Mm -hmm. like there you're talking about like that catharsis too you know like i can sneak into this story here's a bunch of stuff i've been prescribed in a beautiful broadway like chorus Mm -hmm. and And that's uh, really cool that really rang rang true for me as somebody who also suffers from mental illness as well like that one kind of kind of really hit me hard like when it just builds up and then it just it comes, you know what I mean? And it just like, like, like with a bang. Yeah. That was the big idea. Like, uh, the big musical idea, you know, like I like to close my eyes and listen to that song and imagine there's like all these Broadway dancers dressed as pills and stuff. (laughs) Um, I just think that would be hilarious with that. And then, yeah, the big, the big bang line that's borrowed from, one of my favorites, Tom Waits. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me instead of a frontal lobotomy. <laughs> and um, so, like, that's how the song ends. But in the context of that song, it 
made me think about mental health because Tom Waits is talking about uh, about alcohol. I'd rather have a bottle of alcohol in front of me. Mm-hmm. But as you've talked about, with someone who struggles from mental illness, we're in a situation where we do have like bottles in front of us. And mm-hmm. every day we sort of have to make that decision. Like, I'd rather have this bottle in front of me than the alternative, you know, which is crashing a car and murdering a guy exactly (laughs) just trying to function just trying to function so we don't spiral out of control yeah and i think it's you know but it's also just a really fun poppy catchy song that you could sing along to and never know any of that which is the fun part of me making music um I'm, I can't think of a good example, but there's times where I'm singing like horrific regrets from the past mm-hmm. and I look out and there's just like all these people dancing. And to me, I just love that. It's like, you're dancing to my pain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in a good way. I mean, in a good way. It's like, oh, yeah. for me, it's fun to turn that on its head and make it like just really poppy and well, and at the same time, that is from from writing Turn, things turning ugly into beautiful yeah exactly i think yeah. that's par- part of the way i try to deal with it and you know what in your in your writing too is like we both listen to pop punk and we both are traditional like the really good writers and the thing that i that i like about you is you don't you you write your own way like you're cognizant of like the the pop punk that we're all accustomed to but you also draw influences like at least sound and and lyrically from other places like i don't not necessarily musically but you like pushing the boundaries a lot like bands like the dwarves or like no effects like you like giving a little you, you like you like kind of taking the piss out of people but at the same time it's so fucking catchy that most people are like, well, that's kind of fucked up, but it's really catchy and I'm going to sing along now to it. Yeah. I think that's just beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I get, it's great. I, get a, I get a lot of shit from people for, for still liking no effects of fat Mike, but I think it's, I don't know, like when you can sit there and, 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 and sing a song about a hot dog down a hallway or sing a song about, you know, uh, my vagina and it's catchy and it's just like uh, you know just as catchy as a serious pop punk song would be like that goes to show you that like you can toe the line really well well I think there's kind of like two things going on you know um, punk rock at one time was all about pushing boundaries mm-hmm. Um whether they were sometimes tasteful or not, you know, you could be the judge of that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, like you, am a huge Dwarves fan. I love the Dwarves. Me too. And uh, it's probably not a band that when people talk about our band, they ever compare, like, the Dwarves to us, but definitely a huge influence for sure. I can tell. I can tell. But, like, um, you know, like, singing a chorus of We're the Sluts in the USA – Mm. You know, probably not super tasteful, but um, I love it. <laughs> well, then you have a song like Figure Skater Die, 
and you're talking about only having four channels, so you have to masturbate to something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so that song, again, that song works on two levels. That's another one of those, like, wink, wink, nod, nods, because uh, we had a band member who was always saying we had to write a song called Skate or Die. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, number one, like, there's a million other skate or die songs and other people have already done it better than I can do it. And second of all, none of us fucking skate, man. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you try to be like kind of genuine, write What you know, you know? Yeah. If I have to like Wikipedia, a bunch of skate terms to like rhyme, I don't know, half pipe with something. I don't know. Something, what. something or, grindy or something. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> like this is just dishonest so that idea was like floating around in my head for a long time like like how could i do that like wink and nod thing like we did within came thorazine and then it just fucking hit me and i was like oh figure skate or die Mm -hmm. and then you write what you know you know this is a song figure skate or die is really also a song for the children yes Uh, because the youth will never understand that like when we had to jerk off, we had, our options were so limited. Yeah. Um, they I don't mean, know like, about JC Petty catalogs. Yes. Like whatever catalog you could find. Um, so like sometimes when you're writing a song, it's important to be. So there's this figure skater die song. And I just was like, I, the only thing I know about figure skating is when, there was no internet and I was young and the winter Olympics were on figure skating was like fair game for jerking off. Yeah. That yeah. was some of the best like prime time jerk off material. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think bands can get in trouble if they try to write stuff for the sake of being edgy. Mm-hmm. But if you're just honest and genuine about it, like, say what you want but this is a true story <laughs> yeah like, when the winter olympics were on we like had to jerk off to oxana by yule like that was your option you know that was the name that was in my head the entire as i'm <laughs> yeah. listening to it that's the person who came into my head while i was listening to the song so just for the sake of her uh, we didn't i didn't mention her by name but that's who that song's about i had entirely. that's who i pictured so i'm glad we're on yeah. the same the same page with yeah that <laughs> that's actually she is the subject of the song but she's a very nice woman and a young lady and i didn't want to drag her into the hot mess of my life so i'm sure she'd be flattered but uh but also, you want to make it universal because, you know, for some of us, it's Christy Yamaguchi. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, when I'm still Asian, for sure. Yeah, you know, like, some people were attracted to silver medalist Nancy Kerrigan, but then you had kids down in Alabama in the trailer parks, and they were rooting for, uh, you know, the I can't remember her name, the one that busted the lady's knee in. I mean, oh, Tanya Harding. Uh, Tanya uh, Harding. Yeah, Tanya Harding. <laughs> yeah. So you try to write songs that I think that are as universal as possible. So when people are connecting with that, they can pick their favorite 90s figure skater. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then younger people will just be like, why does he only have four channels? <laughs> because that's all we had. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> that's my all we had in 1994. Was, yeah. <laughs> it's like my family was poor. We couldn't afford cable, which is only like 20 channels or something. Yeah. So it's like you just had to throw beads to whatever you could fucking find, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember, you know, my brother and I would buy the probably like cartel South American brick weed. And you were just stuck inside in the cold St. Louis. And hopefully the Winter Olympics were on. Mm-hmm. And that's how we were in Western Pennsylvania, stuck by the Great Lakes trying to wait for the winter olympics to come on and smoke weed and jerk it <laughs> and that's and that's where <laughs> bands like that maybe are a little edgier push things a little more like the dwarves or like the jasons um or you know your classics like the queers um mm-hmm. it's all very genuine and yeah. honest you know you hear those songs and you're not it, it's obvious it's not someone trying to be edgy it's it's people expressing themselves and it comes off very honest and genuine. And if people don't like it, they could go fucking listen to something else. I don't give a shit. Take you back to a simpler time. My innocent glory days. Spend my winter stuck inside South American brickweed haze. We met when it was cold. safe space kind of climate it's nice that it's nice that bands still exist that just don't don't give a shit like 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 i don't i don't want my band safe i don't i don't want i don't want 
people that are out there to dictate what I what I can and cannot listen to. You know, that's, yeah. I'm glad bands like that still exist because those those bands are important. And yeah, like, uh, what if we're yeah? What if it just all becomes so homogenized? You know, to where you have. You know, when you put in some new releases, it's almost like you know the whole release before you hear it. And Mm -hmm. then you hear it, and then you're like, okay. And there's no playability or there's minimal, like, earnest, earnest, genuine songwriting or something to help you to connect with it, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's not to say you can't do just the traditional, like, one of my favorite bands going right now is Lotte Plus. And Lotte Plus sticks pretty close to that Ramones style formula, but they're because you know they're they're an Italian band. So mm-hmm. in, yeah. so they're singing in English, so not singing in their first language, but uh, like in, in a Lotte Plus love song, like you can feel the emotion in the love song. It's mm-hmm. not just they're saying these words because they sound like something the Ramones would say. It's I have a genuine emotion and I'm going to express it in this way. Mm-hmm. So you can still do it, even if you're following a more traditional sort of pop punk format. It's just about being genuine and honest. And I think the music that I relate to in general is, is music that's super genuine and super honest you know comes across as real oh yeah absolutely and and there's a couple there's a couple other songs i mean i could go i I could ask you about track per track to be completely honest keep ask some more i like this it's uh (coughs) i don't know how funny it is this time but i'm enjoying talking about it you know what i you know we had we, we we get our humor through i mean you know i i think after i mean you're the first person that's been on three times so yeah. every time, every, every time you've been on has had a different feel to it. So um, I like that. I kind of get a more uh, medicated Zach Buzzkill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's kind of robo tripping right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, robo tripping. Don't do that kids. It's serious business. Oh Yeah. And if you hear some in the background right now, that's me getting the mucinex out. So he's not congested. <laughs> so where it's a, it's all in all kinds of party tonight, man. You're gonna get you you and you and Jenny are gonna get fucked up tonight. Uh yeah, she has it. She brought to our house, but I'm not blaming her. It's not her fault. Her her mom got it. Her mom gave it to her. They're out wedding dress shopping, and uh, now it's just ravaging through the house. But you know what? I feel a lot better with this fucking wolf goblet. You should fill it up with like Sudafed, or yeah, like, well, Su- or, or, or like not Sudafed. Fill it up with like Nyquil. Yeah, well, like in the city of St. Louis, Sudafed's hard to get because they make the meth with it. Oh yeah, you gotta get you, you have to get it behind you have to get it behind the counter. Yeah, and like that's not that big of a deal, but if you have social anxiety and like to me it is. So, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I just wanna grab my 
thing that I have and pay for it. I don't want a middleman. Yeah, I want to talk to people and be like explaining why I'm buying fucking a, a normal medication. I just always feel very judged. Like they look at me and they're like, yeah, this guy's making meth. <laughs> Do you think they think that you're making meth? I, I, I think that they do. I also have weird hangups. Like when I go to the gas station and I'm not spending enough on gas, I feel judged. Oh, uh, like you should you like, you should spend like $30 at the gas, at the gas station. Yeah. I feel, and I only get like 10 and the guy, I feel like the guy's judging me. You know what I do? I do. I do it like a couple times a week. I'll go into, before I go to work, I'll go and I'll be like, I'll order a pa- I'll get like a pack of cigarettes. And then I always take the amount that I have and then I try to figure it out from 20 so I know how much gas to put in the car. (laughs) The the lady knows exactly when I come in what I'm doing. She already has my cigarettes ready and she goes, you want the rest from 20 on on pump, whatever. And I'm like, yep. So she already knows. That's good. She's good at math too because I was just like shortfall it and then trying to do that doesn't make any sense. Well, she told me they have a they have a thing they have a, a button on their register that they'll it'll, you hit it. It's like a twenty dollar, and if you hit it, it'll it'll tell you the difference. Well, how about it? Yeah, the fancy A plus in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Free plug, free mm-hmm. plug. I want I I I want to be endorsed by A plus in Sunoco. I just want to, I would like an endorsement from anyone. I would like to make money doing what I love to do. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I didn't have to go work as a delivery driver. (laughs) I don't even talk about my job. I haven't talked about my job on the show. I don't want to get into it. You talk about your job on the show. Oh, have I? Some shows I do, some shows I don't. Yeah, you talk about how you're a you're a teacher. Oh yeah, for for people with medical disabilities. Yeah, and then I and then normally nobody believes it. They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. They put you in charge of our most vulnerable children. That's like that's like them them putting me in charge of delivering pizzas, and I'm fat. <laughs> now how now um how's everything with with teaching like are you still like under all kinds of like rules and restrictions or like oh you yeah start lifting? it's a mess it's it's probably been this it's probably been the roughest year i've ever had just because so many people going out with covid like i was out with it for a couple weeks pretty sick yeah i remember that uh, so we're not um uh, you know, like there's, you don't get your plan, you know, your, you don't get a break usually because you have to sub for someone else who's out. Yeah. So it's, it's just been a really exhausting year. And then you have some kids that are on virtual and then some kids that are like, cool. And the on virtual kids, you just get to learn way too much about their lives. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, I've seen at least three dads in their underwear. Did, did did you get a stiffy? Uh, no, they're not my types. They're bears. Yeah, like I'm not into the dad bod. 
I need a svelte man, you know. <laughs> I know. I know your type, my man. I know. My well, my type. I talked about this. I try not to repeat things I talk about on different podcasts, but uh, this is worth noting again that I I think I think whatever sexuality is like, like, you're into women, but. You also are really attracted to Tom Hardy. That I think that's what I am. Oh, you're attracted to Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, I think I am. I think it's. I think he's just mysterious. I'm oddly attracted to the guy who 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 uh, who plays Loki. Yeah, so you're more of the smart guys. Yeah, like I don't know there's something about him. I just can't put my finger on it, but I definitely crank it out to him. You like the intellectual type. I like Tom Hardy because it's like rough. He could kill you at any minute. Yeah, I I, I need a subdued guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I need a tough, dangerous, good-looking man. And you're in into more of like the good-looking intellectual, like upper crust. Yeah, probably because I'm white trash. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. some. I need somebody distinguished. I think I've just grown up poor my whole life that to me, like distinguished is two things. It's a big ass goblet with a wolf on it. Mm -hmm. And it's also like having a Filipino boy bring you things and he's dressed in a white suit and fighting docile dogs in the backyard. Yeah. The Filipino kid should have a knife too. Well, obviously. And, and, and children with knives. Yes, kids. Yes, kids with knives. Kids with knives. Yes. <laughs> See, it's not all serious. This episode. There you go. <laughs> you, you you mentioned earlier uh, Jenny taking more of a role on on uh, lead vocals, and and uh, her first uh, venture into writing a song for the band. Um, how. How did that make you feel, and like how 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 did the process come about that she was ready to do something like that? Um, that was really wonderful. Uh, that was a really wonderful experience from I think start to finish, and now uh, playing it live too. Um, she was just we were just in bed one day or something. If I, I apologize to her if I remember this wrong. Um. Uh, and she was just kind of like almost bashfully like, I wrote a song, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no way. Cool. Like, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. And then she's like, no, no, like you'll never hear it. And then um, eventually um, she uh, we just started talking about the song in general. And she had some questions about lyrics like what what do you think you would do here what do you think you would do here um and i'm i'm a huge songwriting geek like i read books on songwriting and uh books about you know like uh, all like paul mccartney's entire songwriting process was like one i finished recently but Mm -hmm. i'm in uh, nerd for that stuff too so, so for me like i'm a huge songwriting geek so it was really exciting for me to talk to Jenny about like, well, this is what I think, you know, I would do here, or this is where I would go here. But I also really didn't want to, which I have a habit of doing is like, uh, oh yeah, now let's do this. 
here, we're doing this here. I'll, I'm writing this line here, you know, I, because it was hers and you could tell she was really proud of it. And it's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was, uh, I, fe- I, I fell for you. Yeah. And, um, it, it, to me, that's, that's tied for one of my favorite songs on the record. And, yeah. Um, I, I think it's really good. It reminded me of like early go-go's mm-hmm. or like, you know, night, like early eighties girl band power pop, which I'm a sucker for. Oh yeah. Um, and the song's just so much fun to play uh, as a band too. It's one of those ones that uh, maybe it's just cause I don't have to sing during it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like for me, for me, it's just so much fun to play. Like, and it has such that nice mid tempo, um, that mid-tempo feel and in general is kind of fun for me helping her song bringing out like the great stuff that she wrote in her song and helping make it pop the same way that like my bandmates she does for me all the time you know mm-hmm. uh be- because so much of what you hear and those harmonies and things like Jenny writes all of those harmonies. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't even understand that shit. That's incredible. So so she sits like that. That's her big, her big thing is writing all those harmonies. So for me, it was fun on her song. Like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to mess around with what the backup vocals are. And, uh, I think there's that little bridge, um, for people that haven't heard the song like harkens back to like a fifties sort of bridge. That's just real simple. Why am I saying bridge, but a backup vocal, mm-hmm. it's just like never gonna get ever, never gonna get my, like that catchy hook type thing. Yeah. And I got to try to sing in like my prettier voice. So, um, it was a lot of fun. Like it was a blast. And then,
and that made me want to write other songs for her to sing too. So the other one she sings on there is Jennifer Gray. Yeah, um, great. I was about to mention that. Yeah. And that was um, after she wrote that song, I sort of felt like I really wanted to write songs for her to sing, um, which is a fun challenge. And so the deal with that song was we have this bong called Mr. Featherbottom. Mm. And um, like you only break him out in case of like you, you just don't want to remember much from the rest of that <laughs> night. So, of course, like like we do. So we were playing music and Featherbottom just he just walked out on his own, man. That's what he does. He makes his own destiny. You don't get him out. He comes out to you. Mm. And uh, I was kind of working on some stuff and I told Jenny, I was like, I want to write a song all about the movie Dirty Dancing. But I don't want anyone to know it's about Dirty Dancing. Mm -hmm. And then that's how that we wrote that that night for her to sing. Um, And then we called it Jennifer Gray. We spelled her name wrong on purpose. I was going to say, I noticed that too. (laughs) Yeah. We spelled it because the idea is nobody's supposed to know it's about Dirty Dancing. So (laughs) obviously no one will know now because we spelled her name wrong. Yeah, like obviously. It's a different lady. (laughs) <laughs> entirely it's not the same jennifer gray i had so so many people were like oh there's this typo here and i would have to explain no i want that spelled incorrectly and it's nice that i've known you known you well enough or got to know you well enough to know that that was on purpose <laughs> yeah, I was very, I was very adamant about that because people were like, "No, they just think it's a typo." I'm like, "No, that it that has to be that way." Yeah, it's not a mistake. It's that's the way it's supposed to. If it's on a Radio Buzzkills album, it's it's done out of purpose. Yeah, um, it was definitely a very deliberate album. Um, the artwork uh, is kind of cool too. It's it's like the Winston Smith style, mm-hmm, uh, the collage art. Yeah, the collage art from vintage magazines, and I think like Rookie Rochelle just did it on a record too. It looked really cool. Mm-hmm, I hope yeah. it makes a comeback. But David Brandino, uh, an artist from Italy, uh, he runs Punk Flyers. I think it's just called Punk Flyers. If you search it on Facebook. Mm, I'm the worst person at like helping my friends plug stuff because I don't remember anything. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) So we worked with him. uh, I worked with him on the cover. I gave him like the very early, early, early copy of the record. And I said, I want the collage to like all tie into something in a song or a theme. So the album art front and back is actually kind of like a scavenger hunt of themes and lyrics and stuff in the song. So I thought that was really cool because I remember being a kid, like buying an album was such a special experience. Mm-hmm. Remember you, you get it and you'd open it up and you'd read every lyric. You'd look at every little thing in the artwork. And um, I feel like now it's just, like download a code and you have the album and I feel like part of that experience is missing. So I try to put a lot more thought into the entire presentation this time. Yeah. 
And, and because we couldn't print vinyl, the once again, the CD looks like a record. Mm-hmm. And then when you get it, the back CD tray actually is a dust jacket. Really? Oh, yes. It's the dust jacket. It's an actual, I sent Kenny, who did the art, the layout, a picture of my dust jacket for Hard Day's Night. And that is what's behind the CD. <laughs> That's so cool, dude. So when you see that, that is not just a random dust jacket. That is a shrunken down uh, Hard Day's Night dust jacket. That's so cool. I can't wait to get my copy, man. Like, I, 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 as soon as the pre-order came up for that, I looked at my wife and I was like, go on Pro Rocket order that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have my copies yet. I haven't even seen it, so I'm excited too. Yeah, I think it's supposed. I think they're supposed to go out what next week. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even you and me both, we're both yeah. excited to see it. I can't wait because <laughs> the pictures I've seen it, it's kind of rare uh, when you have an artistic vision that, and it kind of like all comes together the way you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like it, everything, like all the little ideas that I had, sort of made it and are working together as well as I'd hope they are. There's a whole feel to the, to the album. I hope both the music and artistically. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, like I was, um, like, like, you know, I, I started a record label myself and the big thing uh, starting the record label is when it, when it came back from the pressers and like physically holding it and seeing all the work that we put into it. It was so grat. It was so gratifying. Yeah, and I'd like to. We got to find a way to, if we want kids to start embracing rock and roll again or punk rock again, I think we've got to find uh, creative ways to give them that sort of experience. Because as much as we all connected with all this music, um, I think a big reason we connected to it was that experience. You know. Mm-hmm sitting there and reading along with every word on the album, looking at every little piece of art. And it really, uh, it's missed, right? We got to bring that back. Yeah. Like, you know what it, it was, you know, we put out, we put out the most recent CD. It was my, my partner's band. They're a hardcore band called letters. And he was showing me how he was going to, they were doing a reissue and, you know, he came to me with the original artwork in and he's like showing me the layout. And I was like, you should do that with like an orange tinge. And he's like, you mean like sepia? And I was like, yeah. And he, and he does it and he sends it back. He goes, dude, that's fucking rad. Like my, my thought and my opinion on something was put into fruition. So when the CD came back and I'm looking at it going, even though I'm not singing on this record or playing on this record, there was a sense of pride that went like my thought and my input went into this CD. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's super gratifying just to hold that physical copy in your hand and see the fruit of just knowing that you're a part of a part of its existence. Yeah. And that's really cool too. Cause it's very collaborative of you. I'm just an asshole. So, <laughs> well, we like, know that. So basically like, the story from my point of view would have been like, Hey, this is going to be in sepia. (laughs) 
I know that's the right thing to do, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah, that's, well, that's why it's hard to get along with me sometimes. <coughs> that's why we go to therapy. I've exactly. Had, you know, I've had two therapists quit me. <laughs> wow, you must be a mess. My first therapist <laughs> committed suicide, and that's not a joke. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> no. My oh. first therapist, not only did he quit me, but then he killed himself. <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah, that's true, too. Wow. Sometimes I say some bullshit, you know, that's 100% true. No and shit. I, yeah, I, and then finally I have a therapist now. I'm not going to say what her name is. I don't get her in trouble, but she's really good. Yeah. She just knows when I'm all wound up, and she has to tell me that the silver cars are not following you, Zach. Mm-hmm. Silver cars are bitches. You gotta, I drive a silver car. Yeah, and then, like, when you're having, like, a manic, paranoid state, there's way too many silver cars, and then you just start thinking that they're after you. Yeah, mine's red. <laughs> I always think there's red cars following me. Like, I always get real weird about red cars. Yeah, somewhere there's a lesser creature song, Silver Cars. Ooh, is that is uh, is that a sneak peek? Uh, that was that was uh Nick wrote that song. I don't know if we ever did anything with it, but I told him that story and he wrote the song Silver Cars. I'm gonna so have to somewhere. Go I'm gonna have to. It, I have the first. I have the split in the first one. It's it's somewhere. I think it's just in like the memory bank somewhere. Oh, because that record's coming out soon too, huh? Yeah, issue two. Issue two. He he sent me the the artwork for it, and I just about died. I thought it was genius. Oh, uh, it really is. Yeah, that <laughs> one. That one was all. That was all him. That was all Nick's vision. That was uh, Paulino did that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Yeah, that's genius. And Paulino actually sings um, on uh, Date Night. Oh, that's him that's on that track? Yeah, yeah. The song about uh, ruining your date night by doing mushrooms. Yeah, that's a true story, too. You gotta <laughs> write, what, you write what you know, right? It's got to be genuine. You are what you write, and you write what you know, yeah, what you are. But, yeah, Paulino's on that. He fucking killed it. He sounds great. So one of those male harmonies on there is him. That's awesome. Yeah, like I said, I mean, this record's this record's amazing. It starts out swinging from the jump with I want my records back. Um, and it just it, it pummels through the, f- the final broken A string. Um, just so many good songs, man. But some of my favorites are Please Don't Go. Um, I Fell For You. Uh, Jennifer Grey. Then came Thorazine. Like, obviously, Figure Skate or Die. Like, but I, I love every track. I love every track on it. And like, I want the listener to hear this and go, go, go out and get the CD. This, this, your band doesn't, your band is doing it differently. You guys are are kind of already in your, um, you just, you just do it. You just do your own way and it's fresh and it's, it's fun, and I implore the the listener to to go out and get their copy of of Get Even. Well, I really I appreciate that. You know, I'm really proud of it. Um, and it, and it's good. It's probably the first record I've had that I've been involved in where I feel like, yeah, I, I like every song on this. 
you know, because yeah. even as an artist, sometimes there's some where you're like, oh, man, I wish you would have had a second crack at that. Or, mm-hmm. uh, why, you know, why couldn't we have spent a little more time to make this? And this record, I just feel 100 percent like there's nothing on there that I'm it all turned out, I think, exactly how uh, it was envisioned. Uh, totally, really, really proud of it. And, and I appreciate and Gene, the kind words. Oh, you're welcome. And Gene killed it with the production and everything on it. Um, it just, it just, it's so clean, and it's just, it's so clean without being over like produced. You know what I mean? It's just, it's clean enough that there's still there's still grit and grime in it. You know what I mean? It's that nice balance of it. Yeah. And we, and we like to leave like little mistakes in here and there or little things that typically wouldn't be, maybe uh, it would be taken out, you know, like uh, that ending of uh, Jenny's song where she goes like, uh, 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 like, yeah, I, I, I thought like, it was so cool. Yeah. Like that was just her like fucking around when she was doing the vocals for it. So like we try to leave little things in here and there. So, it still has a feel of of being genuine and live like you can actually imagine a band sitting there and playing through those in that way yeah and it's in the track listing is just it's perfect i i'm i'm a sucker for you know doing the label myself and trying to come up with like when i did the compilation i i i spend so much time on stuff like that like i it has to like songs have to go into the next song perfectly and you know you spend all that time and i'm sure when it's your band you probably go through the same thing where you're just like this has to flow perfectly and you know the common listener might not understand things like that but to people who have an ear for that kind of thing like it's such a long tedious task that when you get the right order of songs it's just it's fucking perfect yeah i yeah, I, you don't think about it, but you're dead on. Like, uh, it took a lot of time to get those 14 in that order mm-hmm. because there are so many things to think about. You know, uh, I tried to break the record in half thematically, mm-hmm. and uh, essentially, like, after song seven, it's kind of like the record starts over again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then like, just as an artist, you start thinking of like, well, I, I don't want to put these three together because these are in the same key, you know, or mm-hmm. I want to move this one down here because these two use pretty similar chord, for, you know, like, so you're trying to think about the themes of the music, how they flow. And then also, like, I don't want all of our songs in this key right in the middle of the record (laughs) you know oh yeah oh yeah so much that goes into it and it was so it was so hard for me when i was doing the comp it's like i don't want too many songs that are in the same kind of style to fit one another but i want you know i want i want this hardcore song to lead into something a little bit more poppier but i have to find the right two songs to make that work and it's just, it's such a huge ta- challenge to try to do that. Cause like you said, like you have to deal with like, okay, what if one song fades out and this song fades in? Well, you don't want to have those songs together. You have to find different locations for them. I mean, it's a, it's a long, tedious task. Yeah. I think the overall 
theme was that we wanted to put the pedal, you know, the accelerator to the ground and just not let up the whole record. And then you get little breaks here and there, you know, but mm -hmm. overall I wanted it to have a feel that it just like never stops. Well, it's a great record, man. It, well, it really you. is. And I, I, I know I keep saying that, but like, I, I really, it's, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite albums so far this year, for sure. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome, man. Well, I know you're probably ready to get ready to head the uh, hit the real hard part of your uh, your robo tripping. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> My romantic Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's okay, man. At least, at least when she gets home, you guys can just crawl in bed together and just robo trip together. That is the plan. That is With, dead on the plan. As long as you, us. as long as you have the wolf called it by your side, I don't think there's nothing you can do. Oh, it's here. <laughs> Well, uh, congratulations on the record, and I know that you and Jenny will be getting married next month. Uh, congratulations to you both. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I know it's been a long time coming, and I uh, heard it on another podcast, and I wanted to offer my congratulations to you both. Oh, thank you. That's sweetie. I'll I will let her know that you're a real sweetheart. Oh, well, thank you. I try my best. <laughs> well zach man enjoy the rest of your night and i will talk to you here real soon all right thanks man you're welcome you take it easy man bye bye i'd really 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 like to help you out nothing left in my tank for a quick bailout there's one thing i'll confess yeah i might be a bit jealous no you're never 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 gonna ever get my best Don't go change your ways into my account When you're